4: This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And is it panic time yet? We ask ourselves, panic station. We're not talking about Brentford station, Bridge station or the monorail station. We're talking about panic station with, I don't know, is it nine games to go, eight games to go, seven games to go, whatever the games to go. And uh, we were looking like we were on for automatic promotion not much more over a month ago and now it's looking rather doubtful and we are wondering whether or not we're entering panic station and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint my name's Billy Grant and I've got the chums with me and I haven't got one or two or maybe even three chums I've got a whole load of chums because we thought this is the time where we need to start discussing what is going down with Brentford let's have a little bit more of a serious chat let's get rid of the faff again. Let's get rid of all the fluffiness. Let's get in some characters that you've never even heard of before and let them come on the podcast. Because as we say, we allow anybody to come on this podcast to give their view. They can agree with us. They may not agree with us. But as long as they can give a good chat and get a good argument, then it's good to hear what they have to say. So like I said to you, I'm Billy Grant. I'm in the virtual joint with my mate Laney. How are you, Laney?
5: Yeah, I'm okay. I feel better tonight than I did last night. Um, looking, really looking forward to this. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's four wins is, is not what we needed. I'm um, sorry, four draws is not what we needed. We needed four wins. Um, so yeah, you're right. I'm not quite sure it's panic stations yet. Not for me at least. But um, I think there's some uh, there's some kind of debate going to happen this evening. So uh, yeah, I'll bring it on. Looking forward to it.
4: I'm actually looking forward to it as well. I mean, I uh, last night. I you know, I, 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 I I've, I've not checked any social media since last night. I've not checked any of my 850 WhatsApp messages on the group after the game last night because I completely switched off. As I do, I'm like a sport kid. I'm just like, No, oh, no, we didn't win, so I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm just going to go to bed. And uh, so, so it'll be interesting actually to hear your views because you'll probably be educating me. On a lot of things that's going on as well. And we've got the Allard in the house. The Allard, how are you?
1: Um, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, um, football-wise, I've been better. But to be honest, I think last night didn't really... Um, last night went pretty much as expected. Um, I've been in feeling like this for, you know, at least a few weeks now. Um, and we're stuck in a rut and we can't get out of it.
4: We are stuck in a rut. And it's interesting because you talk about that. You felt like that for a few weeks. And I must admit, the Allard, and I, I'm, I'm burying my heart here now... You know, the thing that I thought is that you know when we did our little predictions, if you check it out on besotted.com, dot com, again we predicted the last—I can't remember how many games it was at the time. Was it like eleven games or something like that? The last eleven B's games. Let's call it eleven games anyway. And we had to predict what the what the what the result will be. And I thought that I was fairly middle ground on that. I wasn't being too kind of we're we're going to win everything. My daughter said we're going to win every game, and uh, I was fairly like kind of like you know we'll draw against Huddersfield, we'll draw against Derby, we'll draw against Bournemouth, we'll draw against Watford, and I still managed to get us promoted somehow. I've got no idea I've done that, but when I saw your results, I thought, hold on a second. The Allard here, he's not giving us any chance, but it looks like the Allard that you may have hit the nail on the head, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I felt a bit guilty when we did the podcast straight after it, and we totaled up where I thought we were going to finish, and it clearly wasn't going to be enough for automatic promotion. How how many points was it again? I I think 85 was was what I came out with, Um, and even that may be a bit ambitious now. Um, I So... I guess, and I felt bad at the time we did the podcast because I thought, oh, you know, and everybody else was like, you know, oh, yeah, it's clear we're going to get promoted because we're going to get 90 points or 91 or whatever it was, 89, I don't know. Um, But it is sort of playing out as I feared. It's not the way I want it to happen. And I'm frustrated, just as I'm sure everybody at the club is as well. Um, but unfortunately I think the writing has been on the wall for more than a few weeks mm, that's
4: right the writing on the wall the old graffiti zone as they say so listen we've got a few other characters in the house as well which you may not have heard as much this person he's been on the podcast quite a few times every time he comes on he likes to give a slightly different opinion which is all good and we like to have people with different opinions out there it's because listen there's millions of different opinions flying out there in cyberspace and in Brentford space TW8 space at the moment now and the Royal Oak B is one person who likes to give his opinion how are you doing the royal oak b i'm
6: good billy i've got the same opinion as the allied though to be fair i probably further back than uh than matt i i was not happy when we were in the middle of the unbeaten run there was loads of stuff wrong um from way back when we played blackburn derby forest the first time around and uh it, it didn't get put right and we just we came away with some some wins and then some more draws and the run got longer and longer. What we were doing well up front was just disguising what we were doing poorly at the back. And it's come back to bite us on the backside because we've just not dealt with it. We're still making exactly the same mistakes at the back and in midfield um, uh, as we were making back in October, November time. And it's just... You know,
4: it's a bad one. Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting because we did have quite a few little conversations. You know, little exchanges of conversations as well, didn't we? You know, you know, like say, you know, WhatsApp conversations. uh, As you were sort of kind of really frustrated, even after a few wins, particularly about how the defense was going down. And uh, you know, you 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 were basically, you know, in effect, you were sort sort of saying that you you didn't think it was going to last. And quite interestingly, as well. At the same time that you were doing that, we had our own very own spreadsheet winker as well, Will, the spreadsheet winker, who was kind of pointing out to us how things had shifted, whereas, you know, we seemed to be getting the results. But what was happening behind the scenes on the stats-wise, and a lot of people don't like stats, but at the end of the day, I think that the if you read them in the right type of way and use it in the right type of way, it can be very useful. And it was showing that things were a little bit amiss, where people seemed to have, you know, teams seemed to have been getting on top of us, you know, If you look at the XG, you know that the difference between us and the opposition was actually either very slight or even... You know, they were actually getting the better of us and we actually weren't creating as many good chances as we were for. And we'll talk about that a bit later in the Birmingham game. So these have been flagged up not for a week or two weeks, probably for a few months. And we have seemed to be getting away with it. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast and just like Swansea. And I have to mention them because it makes me feel a lot better. uh, They seem to have been getting away with it since I've looked at it now since about the 12th game. Where uh, after that, they just sort of seemed to just plummet when it came to the XG and what they were doing as opposed to the opposition. But they seem to get away with it. But now it seems to have bite them up the arse as well. But it's also biting the bees up the arse. And we have to see whether or not we can reverse it. But anyway, we come back to you a little bit later, Royal Oak B. We've also got a very new guest on the podcast this time. Never been on air before. Uh, if, you, if you go into the besotted Twitter feed, he's, he's, he's often on there, actually giving a good rant, normally after a loss by the Bees. Um, sometimes after a draw by the Bees, even after a victory by the Bees, he's giving a good old rant. We've got Dave the Lynx Bee, who likes to have a good old rant. Dave, how are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm not so bad now, Billy. I think, um, uh, I've like the the other guys, I've got over last night a bit, uh, and very much as as Matt and Royal Oakby were saying, um, I guess the worst aspect is I expected it, and um, the game sort of turned out the way I thought it would, and I agree with what the guys have said so far. I I think what we're getting now, frankly, um, is what we deserve. You know, we we are not playing well. Um, I think the problems have been there for some time as well and I think we got some results that perhaps we didn't deserve in our good run in the 21 game run and I think we all know we've all got our own views on football but it does have a habit of um, coming and readdressing that Um, so we've had our luck we had our bounce when maybe we didn't deserve it we had some games that we as I say got some great results in but didn't play that well and now we're not playing well and we're not sneaking the odd win we're actually hanging on for a draw in some cases so I mean you look at Huddersfield um I know Norwich are the standout team in the lead league but they put seven goals past them last night and we were struggling in that game against them so there's definite problems in midfield and the back I think for us at the moment
4: Okay, yeah, and I I do agree with you, and I must admit, we were sitting there, um, and, and I actually watched the game. I actually went back to the old school you know um, and when I say back to the old school I went back to the, the early days of the do you remember the early days of the lockdown where it was all a little bit of a novelty and I'm not saying that the pandemic is a novelty what I'm trying to say is that we had a situation where we have been locked in our houses for three months and all of a sudden football came back we thought well hey let's make the most of this so we used to go into each other's gardens and, and watch the matches so I actually went to my mate Darren who's a, a North, uh, North London beat as well around the corner so myself uh, that was me, me my daughter Darren was there you know he had. Uh, Club Chopin as well. She came down from uh, from Hertfordshire, and there's a few of other us as well. They've all the Polish bees as well, and we were all sitting in his garden yesterday watching the match. And I must tell you something: it was absolutely freezing. You know, we had log fires, we had all the whole lot going, and I'm not being funny. That game, it, it, it wasn't only painful for the watch but it was painful for the chillblains and for the for the freezing tips of my fingers and the, the ice and and everything that was going down it was a complete and utter nightmare and I must admit we sat there we were doing nothing and uh, Norwich City were smacking goals in against uh Wickham Wanderers and I thought you know that's uh, no that's um, that's, that's, um uh, you know I thought that's, that's no no against Huddersfield sorry you know so uh which wasn't great but to be fair Dave and I'm just going to sort of point out you have to also remember it is like I say there's a whole season here and there's different results for different teams and you must remember also Norwich City only beat Wickham by two goals to nil whereas we put a whole heap of goals past them as well so it does sort of kind of balance itself out and it also depends on what time and what point in the season you're actually plucking things out so yes they've, they're doing great and they're looking like they're going gung-ho but you know you may not have said that you know a couple of months ago or the same thing with Brentford when we were putting seven goals past Wickham as it goes but anyway we'll move on because we're going to come back to all this a little bit later we have got Mr T the Bee's another B bee in the house as well and he contacted us via the Brentford Facebook page as well because he said I want to come on the podcast I'm not very happy with what's going down and I want to say exactly how I feel so Mr T the B you can say exactly what you want there how are you doing
7: I'm doing all right thanks very much um, I agree with the rest of them. It's, it's been like this for a long time and we've just papered over the cracks. You know, it's, it's the selection problems. It's when to use the substitute. It just seems like it's gone flat. Even Ivan even, even Tony up front just doesn't seem to be in it. You know, he's not getting fed the right balls. And it's just frustrating watching it. As you said last night, you sort of knew what's going to happen. You know, it was from the from as soon as he announced the team, he just knew whatever it was about. Obviously, we're going to go back to it, but yeah, it doesn't look good, and we have to keep looking behind us now to see, you know, what who's coming up behind us, what the balance is. Um, and that.
1: Yeah, I just want to clarify. I, I I'm not saying that I thought we had problems before Christmas and stuff like that. You know, if you look at what um, stuff like XG was telling us, is that we were performing, you know, extremely well. The turn did come just before the end of the winning run. That's when the performances started to drop around. The Middlesbrough game, the Reading game wasn't great as well. Um, But prior to that, I I, I think we were well worth where we were in the league. I I, I just want to make that point and not say that, you know, I've been writing us off all season because I certainly haven't. Um, and, And just to be clear about that, I... I think there has been a change, and it came just before the winning run ended. But up to that point, we were doing all right. The team that weren't doing all right, as you've already alluded to, Bill, was Swansea. Um, So their drop-off has been with little change, to be honest, in their performance levels. But our performance levels have dropped. That's
4: right. And, And you are right. And again, I'm going to emphasise the fact that, again... I'm saying exactly what the same thing you're saying, is that we noticed there was a point in the season where things had changed. We were doing very, very well. We were top of all the charts, the XG charts, the BG charts, the BFC charts, all the charts. We were top of all of them lot, and we were doing well. We were even top of the league at one stage, but then at, like I say, at one stage, we noticed that the XG, and I think, I can't remember what game it is, I might have to look at it. If the winker was on this podcast, he'll tell us. We didn't do that well, as far as stats were concerned, but we got the result. And we thought, oh, that's quite nice, isn't it? This is very unBrentford of us. Because normally Brentford, their XG's is flipping through the roof and we don't get the result. But it was the other way around. We think it's nice for us to be in the position where we're actually kind of like not performing as well as we should be and getting the results. We thought that was a turnaround for Brentford, as in the fact that if we could start doing that, we'll actually get promotion. But it seems to have, 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 have kind of sort of, you know, I say kicked us in the face as it has. Uh, Royal Oakby.
6: Just going to say to, to Matt, I, I agreed with his sentiment in terms of what was going on recently, but I said it went further back. So it was me that said it went further back rather than Matt. Um, if you look at the three games where we played Blackburn, Derby uh, and Forest, there were three draws um, back in uh, October, November. And then uh, followed by... We beat we beat Forest. When? Back in November. In November. So, so we had yeah. the same run of results against those three clubs. So we had two draws... And a win. Then we played them again. We beat Blackburn away and we drew with Forrest and drew with Derby. The, the, our, our form, in, in terms of where it started to go wrong, happened in two different areas. And it involved the same player, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not digging the guy out because he's a young kid and he's, you know, he's being coached. But when uh, Sorensen came in at left centre half, our problem started because he can't open his body out to the left-hand side. And he wouldn't pass to Rico. And so the ball didn't go up the left-hand flank as, as quickly as it did before. And now that he's playing at left-back, we're having exactly the same problem. It goes out to him, comes back inside to Pinnock. That's where the problems start. It's, and that's why the midfield is ineffective. The ball is not getting up to Tony at the early run. Canos is right-footed, so he can't come to the ball from the left-back. It all stems from that one selection. And his inability to open his body, that's where our form has dropped.
7: Yeah, I agree with that about and He's not a left-sided player. You know, let's, you know, we got rid of our other backup left back. And so we had a problem straight away. I think also in midfield, we've got yano uh, and Norgard back. And I just don't think we need both of them in there. We've, we're missing someone who can pass the ball through. Jens is not playing that well. We need someone to get someone or something else to put them in the middle to play the ball through to Tony or to play them quicker. We're not fluid enough. We've gone back to our old party-party game where when we were on this 21-win run, blah, blah, we were fast. We hit the ball, we hit the teams, and we were play- playing well, and we scored the goal. And all of a sudden, it just stopped. And nobody knows why. In-house may know why. But, yeah, I think there's too many defensive players in there and nobody there to feed feed our top player. We,
5: we can all be kind of um, predictors of, of kind of things starting to uh, to to not go right. I think it's it's been clear that you know we've we've kind of spluttered through that unbeaten run, um, as as all clubs do and all teams do, um, especially at this level, especially with this. Inexperienced squad that we have still got. I think, you know, obviously, ultimately, the problems lie in the loss of Saeed Ben Rama, not having Brian and Buemo on anywhere near as the form he was on last year um introducing uh, Ivan Tony luckily he's he's scored but he's not the same player as Watkins so you you've lost a lot of that synergy that and, and that kind of like second second's you know nature they just knew what they were doing and you combine that with you know Josh the Silva again he, he's been in and out of form and in and out of fitness um you've lost Pontus pretty much all of the season, you've lost Norgaard for a massive chunk of the season. You lost Jensen for a for a bigger big chunk of the early season. And then you got Rico you got Rika, then you got Rico. So you know I, I think any any club or any team faced with that bunch of conundrums is gonna struggle. So I'm still very much yeah let's let's kind of uh, um, point at mistakes and things that could have been done better still but to even be where we are considering all of that and considering we haven't had real transfer windows you know I, I don't think you know I think the DOFs have, have let Thomas down a little bit or more than a little bit in terms of not 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 Having any cover at left back, Um, not replacing side Ben Rama with, I mean, replacing side Ben Rama with another Ben Rama. I've never seen a Ben Rama in my 40 odd years, so expecting another one to come out of the same mould, unlikely, but a a more like for like player. Canos has struggled with form early on. I still think, considering all of that and the disappointment of Wembley, to be third tonight. I think is quite remarkable.
4: So you made quite a few uh, really interesting points there. We're going to come back to them after the break in a little bit, but I'm going to go to the Allard first.
1: Yeah, no, just to come back to Mads Beck. um, If I'm honest, I think we had some decent games before Christmas when he did play. I thought we were pretty good against Watford, albeit ended up being one-all. I think he played in that game, correct me if I'm wrong. We played Reading probably before that. I thought we were good then. Um, I I get that when he moved to left-back, there were problems, um, but that's because he's a centre back playing at left back, and they, he's playing out of position. So that's where you know that that's what I'd like to clarify on Mads Beck. Um, I don't sort of blame him for that. Um, yeah, so so that's kind of yeah, that's I am.
4: That's right. Okay, and it's interesting because, and we've t- again. You know, you have to forgive us because obviously we, we talk about these things quite a lot in the podcast. But what we're doing here is that we're having a discussion with different people, with um, possibly different views as well. But so we're consolidating some views. We're also sort of airing a lot of views. And we might have a bit of repetition of what we said before. But, you know, the club um, seem to be very happy and confident. The fact that they thought that their left back um, backups would be suitable enough. And we'd be would be able to do the job if we did have an injury to, to Henry. So we, you know so we, this, these, these are the questions that we're sort of kind of uh, have to put out there as to whether or not this is the case. I mean, hearing what some people are saying, they're saying we're not quite sure if that is the case, but the clubs seem to have been very confident that the backups, whether or not it's uh, Madbeck Sorensen, whether or not it's Roslev, or whether or not it's also Fossu, which is going to be something that will probably also come up in conversation, were good enough. To actually take over from Henry if he was going to be there, and it's a case of whether or not they're right or wrong, or you know, it's not a case of right or wrong. Oh, you're wrong, but it's a case of like um, maybe did we has there been a misjudgment there? Um, maybe the, 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 there's been a, an underperformance compared to what they expected it to be. Uh, maybe the club has just presumed they've just thought you know actually it's not going to be a problem and all of a sudden it's like oh no things are going to be a problem so listen we'll talk about that a little bit later in the break but first of all tell you what we're going to do we, we sometimes have to lighten things up by going over to someone who gives us some stats and some facts and some funk and then uh, we come back and we go oh actually tell you something things aren't so bad so let's go to jb jonathan birchill he's going to give us some stats and some facts and some funk
3: Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Since our unbeaten run came to an end against Barnsley on Valentine's Day, we scored just 11 goals in the subsequent 11 games. Tony's had three penalties, with just eight goals coming from open play. Four players haven't scored a single goal, Godos, Janelt, Mbembo and Kanos, whilst Tony and Sorensen have scored two apiece. In his Bees League career, Marcus Force has scored five goals when coming off the bench, putting him fifth highest in our history, behind Morpie's eight, seven for Owusu and Saunders and six for Kanos. This season's four have come from games where he has played on average 20 minutes of the match. In only 5 of his 30 substitute appearances this season has he had that much time. In the other 25 games he typically has little over 10 minutes to make an impact. This week saw us have another 2 draws, taking the run of drawn games to 4 on the spin. 9 times previously have we had similar. The last was in 2005-06, when Martin Allen's Tier 3 side had 6 drawn games in the final 7 of the season missing out on auto-promotion by three points. That season, we went on to lose to Swansea in the playoff semi-finals, who in turn lost to Barnsley in the final.
4: So there you go, JB with his facts and his funk. Listen to to, Mr T, the B, You, you, you like a bit of funk, don't you? (laughs) <laughs> well it has been
7: known yeah
4: it's a like a guilty laugh there from mr t the I i don't know how to read quite into that like <laughs> but you obviously love a bit of funk don't you
7: Well, yeah yeah give it all give it all why not <laughs>
4: but anyway listen as we had jb there with his facts and his funk and uh, I, we, we bring on jb to try and bring us up every now and again but i have to admit i'm a little bit Nervous, disappointed, <laughs> worried Because <laughs> he gave us the facts there about the draws And the the last time we've, we've drawn ourselves right up Was in the 2005 year In the Martin Allen year as well I remember that year I remember going down to the Liberty Stadium for the first time And it was a completely utter nightmare And we lost And we lost that playoff well, we, I don't think we lost down there I think we lost at home actually They gave us a right, good hiding at home And we lost uh, in the playoff semi-final to, to Swansea after missing out on automatic promotion just by three points and then we, uh, we lost and then Swansea <laughs> lost to Barnsley now I don't know if this is prophetic and not pathetic but prophetic or anything like that but don't you think it's a little bit nerve-wracking Mr T the B?
7: yes definitely um you look at the facts it's mirroring itself and you can see exactly the same thing happening this year not the winning they're losing that's down to us and down to our form, but I can see us getting third again and having a fight through. And there's some strong teams uh, that are back. All right, Swansea's gone off the boil. Uh, Barnsley are doing fantastic. You know, you, you you have to give them the nod for that. So, and then you've got Bournemouth, Reading. It's it's yeah. It's you can say it's definitely going to be the playoffs, but hopefully. <laughs> It's not going to be the same as we had with Mister Mister Allen. You know, he he did well for the club. Loved him, loved him to bits. And I always remember the away fans throwing some chips at him, and he started eating them. You know, he he was that type of character. He he was brilliant. But yeah, it, it's it's looking scary, as someone said. You know, it's yeah, the comparisons are quite <laughs> quite surreal, really.
4: That's right. So listen. We've got to talk about the game because the Birmingham City game is what this is all pinned on at the moment. We've got the Birmingham City game. we also got the Huddersfield game. If you notice, after the Huddersfield game, there was no major problem. We didn't have any major discussion because, to be quite honest with you, after the game, it was an early game on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, Saturday afternoon games are, are brilliant when you win. I tell you, they're fantastic when you win. And also, there's a whole load of games afterwards that you're pinning your hopes on that your rivals are going to lose. But when you lose and there's no game afterwards that <laughs> you can actually redeem yourself and say hey well at least they lost as well it's an absolute nightmare and on saturday afternoon after we lost again i just switched off i went downstairs and missus i watched some sort of i probably watched the sound of music or something ridiculous like you know just to take my mind off the bees and uh, and, and, and 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 warp my mind back into another world <laughs> like you know of of, of of retro singing and and uh, youthfulness but, um, yeah, I, I switched myself off for Brentford for 24 hours. Didn't do the social media. Didn't do the old WhatsApping, And uh, and then it came to the podcast. And I thought, tell you what, I don't, I, don't to, I don't want to talk about Brentford. I don't want to talk about that game. So we got on to the old Birmingham, the Fat Lads podcast characters. And we just talked about the game coming up. And it was almost like we were projecting, saying, listen, the results on Sunday, they went well for us. So because the results went well... This is a great chance for Brentford as a club to go, tell you what, let's take this, take the ball by the horns and let's get the result that we want. And I actually thought that was going to be the boost for us this season. We will get the result that we want from that Birmingham game. And as the game came and we saw the team, and I know there's a lot of disappointment when the team was announced, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then the game came and we just did not even look like okay right. we had a few chances and the goalkeeper played very well but it wasn't like the team that smashed Wickham 7 whatever it was and smashed other teams and just you know it was was that 21 game on beat and run we were really really pedestrian and just just not really at the races and the interesting thing is I talked to me Birmingham chums and you know I've got chums all over the place and after the game they were very happy with the result of course and they said to me uh you know I was going that was rubbish and they said I didn't think you were that bad. And I said, that's because you don't see us every week. We've seen us at the pinnacle this season. So now what's happened is that if our form drops, you know, we're really disappointed. But we play other teams and they say, I thought you were right. You were a bit unlucky. The goalkeeper was really good. You know, we missed a couple of chances. You should have an offside. All this kind of stuff. And we don't see that because all we've seen is Brentford at the pinnacle and we think we should still be there. So the question I'm asking, are we being fair to ourselves and the team? Expecting them to be right up there, or have we fallen off a cliff? The Royal Oak B. Oh, thanks
6: for coming for me with that one. Uh, we we drew on Saturday. Bill not lost. It felt like a loss, I've got to say. But um, um, I I, I think there's been chances to put this right, and um, and he hasn't done it. And I said to you because I, I tipped us to finish second, you know, out of when we did the thing four or five games back, and I. I wanted us to finish second and I tipped us at the start of the season to finish second and I wanted to stick with that because I felt we were good enough to finish second. But at this moment in time, I think the changes are simple. There needs to be a change in the backroom staff because something is lost in the message. It's not getting through to the players. And you know, I like Thomas Frank, so I don't want to be one of the people that says that he's got to go. But he needs to bring in somebody the same way that when he came into Dean Smith's team, he invigorated the team process with something different, a different set of views, and uh, and and so it went on, and he became the manager, head coach. Um, and I think something like that would be good for us now. I think the obvious uh, scenario uh, where we are at the moment is personnel. We don't have an abundance of players. We have got a poor squad. We can look at the the DOFs in January. I I, I think they let the manager, head coach, down. Um, and and also, we've got to look at Thomas Frank. He's got to, he's, you know, there's one good point on that, uh, uh, Funky Dave or whatever his name was, um, about how much time Fours gets and, and, you know, when he scores. Personally, I don't think he's, he's a top six championship forward. And I think Thomas perhaps agrees with that person, that, that comment at the moment. And that's why he's not getting more time. Um, but if you've got a stat, and we are built on stats and analysts. And the, the analyst team are not giving the manager the the negative stats that they need a manager needs to be able to make positive decisions. If we're just feeding him the positive stats that he they used to, the the kind of stats that he likes to hear, then they're not doing their job. They're letting him down. And I suspect there's a bit of that going on as well at the moment.
7: Yeah, um, it just seems weird, you know, it's it's like the set pieces as well. You know, what's happening with him? We've just not got a clue what to do, you know we had two cracking chances and we just smashed them against the wall. Yeah, and and I agree about Thomas Frank and his backroom staff. It just seems a bit muddled. They, they look at it and they don't bring subs on early enough, in my view. Um, they, they can see the games changing. Yes, yesterday, the first half wasn't too bad. You know, we had our chances. We played. They gave us the wings, which we didn't use to our advantage. Second half, we went flat. And after fifteen minutes, you could tell that, you know, anybody could tell that you needed to make changes. You needed to get someone on. You needed to mix it up a bit or something like that because we just didn't do anything after that. Simple.
4: Dave Linksbey, listen, I've got to come to you because listen, we've got you on this podcast and you are very vocal, particularly when we don't win. You you say a lot of things which, listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion and that's why we've got you on here. We respect your opinion. Some of your opinions may differ from mine or from Laney's. To be quite honest with you, sometimes my opinion differs from Laney's. You may not know it, but, you know, it does. But at the end of the day, we still respect each other's opinion and you go forward. Now, you've said a lot of things, quite strong things about Brentford. Strong things where people have even, and I'm just going to put it out there because it's out there on on social media, so I'm not saying this. I'm just saying what people said. They accuse you of almost not, because they they, they believe that there's a, a, a... a negativity which you don't think is a negativity you think it's a truthfulness which they say you don't even want Brentford to go up you know what I'm saying but you don't believe it's that but you believe that there are a number of things which are really quite wrong explain what you think those things are because you are are really quite vocal and quite negative about the the setup at the moment aren't you
2: yeah no I I think uh, I think what we're seeing now is a direct result of some of the things i've been talking about so won't go back on onto this in detail but i was very vocal about in my opinion the squad not being strong enough and that we needed to do something in january we didn't uh, and i think fundamentally that's been our problem because you you come forward then you've got key injuries that's the, nothing you can do about that if we gone out and got two or three players in in January of the right kind of calibre to try and protect ourselves against that happening. Because we've had a very good run on injuries, Brentford. We haven't had a lot of injuries over the last 12, 18 months. We've now caught for it big time. Um, you know, um, the Allard said we've we've had Janssen out for a goodly part of the season. Now, Henry, De Silva, you know, that's tough. Um, Because we don't have players of the calibre to come in. And I think if you couple that with Thomas's steadfastness in, I'm going to do it my way. I am not changing. This is what I'm going to do. It it frankly just drives me to distraction at times. And I don't think I'm the only one. I really don't, Bill.
4: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question, Dave. So, So are you saying... That what well, Thomas Frank is was well, stubborn, is that what you're saying?
2: Oh, yeah, I, th- I think he's completely stuck in his way. And I think the more fans that say, Why won't he start with Fossu? Why don't you start with Fossu? It's almost that he's of a mindset that I'm not going to listen to any of that stuff, I'm not playing him, I'm going to play through this difficulty with the, the, the players that I've decided. I'm going to play with, and with the system that I've decided I'm going to play with. And I think in doing that, you're exacerbating the problem that we've currently got.
4: Okay, and and listen, I'm not disagreeing with you in in any of this. I mean, I'm actually not here to disagree with you, because all I'm doing is I'm also trying to facilitate the conversation. And what I'll do is I'll throw in my tuppence worth here or there. I, I don't think anybody here on this panel here. Can I call you an esteemed panel? Actually, I called a, a steam panel a few weeks ago on our question time, and I, I quite liked it. So I, I want to call you an esteemed panel as well. But any of you guys here as well, I don't think anyone will disagree with the fact that um, Brentford. Probably could have done a bit better in the last transfer window, so I think that we can we can go on about that till the cows come home. But I think you know, just put your hands up, and we can realise that is we we need to move all forward on from there. What is more interesting is your points about Thomas Frank, because I think there's a number of questions that come out from that, and I know there's a lot of people putting their hands up because I'm going to talk about that uh, that as well. It's as to whether or not there is the stubbornness that you think is going on, whether or not he's a principled person, which was we've talked about before, where he thinks okay. I believe that this is the right way, so I'm not going to flip flop, go from left to right. You know, if everyone told me what to do and I listened on online social media and people said to me, you need to do this, start Fossu, start this, start Kanos, start this, start with, you know, start with, you know, these B team players. He said, I'll be pulled from left to right. I have to do what I believe is the right thing to do. And in situations, we've left him to do that and we've gone, why the hell has he done that? And all of a sudden it's come out and bingo, it's right. So I think you have to give him the props when he does it, when it's right. But also, at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge the fact that it isn't when it does go wrong. And I think for Thomas Frank, what's happened recently is there's been a number of things that have been going wrong and we have to question, like you have questioned, and I have questioned as well, and I think a number of people have said, as to whether or not he's unlucky here, whether or not he is being stubborn, whether or not he's not changed the plane, or whether or not, it's, it's, as has as been indicated, is there, that the inexperience... Of Thomas Frank is showing here where he doesn't know how to maybe get out of a bit of a cul-de-sac and I think that to me is a bit of a major issue here and I think this is something which is actually starting to, to, to shine out quite a bit. Phil, um, 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 uh, Dean Smith had the same issue. And as you say, Thomas Frank was brought in to help him with these issues here. But Dean Smith, I thought there were times when, listen, we were going, we had the streaky runs with Dean Smith, and he wasn't going anywhere. And he was struggling, but people turned around and go, look at him now, you know, top 10 in the Premier League. But... You know, he came out, went to Aston Villa. Aston Villa had loads of money. They are some really good players. You know, he ended up kind of like not doing particularly great at Villa. Then he went on a great run. They ended up getting promoted with 78 points, you know, which will probably be, what, 10 less than we're going to get this season or 11 less than we get this season. They got 78 points, went up the following season, didn't do particularly well, ended up staying up uh, courtesy of Hawkeye. You know what I'm saying? So he was lucky in staying up, or else he'd be playing up us this season, Dean Smith, but then the next season he goes and buys our best player, you know, and then bobs your uncle. So these things can, you know, things spinning roundabouts, and if Thomas Frank had, you know, been f- Foden or whatever like that, <laughs> our season would probably be different. So what I'm trying to say to you is that, yes, there are issues with the players, there are, of course, there are issues with the manager. There's, issues, there's lots of issues in there. And, and, and it definitely depends on kind of where you are and how you are, how it spins out. The Royal Oak 3, I know you want to say something.
6: There's just a few things that come up there. With regard to Thomas Frank, the word that he used all the way through that, that run was uh, humble. He overused it. It was really killing me. It was driving me mad. I don't think for one second there's an ounce of humility in the room when him and the director of football get together. I, can't, I just can't envisage any one of them being anything other than arrogant that's the word why why I, I why? don't I don't know them I don't know them but the, that's that's what's coming across to me is that they they believe in what they're doing so steadfastly that they are going to stick to that to that situation now in terms of the transfer window in january you know they knew we were 10 million pounds loss uh, coming out of the books so that's probably why. That's probably the reason why we didn't go out and buy three or four more players in January. If they they couldn't say it then, but now in hindsight, the, the accounts are out. You know, we if you look at those accounts very quickly, uh, go over the key points. We made a twenty-four million pound profit on the transfers. The transfers were forty million uh, for um, uh, uh, Morpai, Konza. Dan Bentley and, and Romain Sawyers, we made a £24 million profit. We had a £15 million or £17 million kickback from the Griffin Park sale, £42 million. This season, we don't have the kickback from Griffin Park. We've sold £50 million worth of players. That's going to cover a £10 million loss. We might break even next year, but we lost £1.4 million last season with eight games or four games at the end of the season uh, when lockdown started. We've lost the whole season of of additional income, so that's going to be six times that amount. So we're going to lose roughly the same amount of money if you forecast finances. That's where we are at the moment. So I think those two key points are why we didn't go out and buy Alfie Doherty, for instance. I know he hasn't played yet for Stoke, but for 650 grand for a left-back to cover Rico, who at that point in time wasn't injured and is almost certainly to go to another club this summer, whether we're promoted or not, that was an absolute snip at 650 hamstring injury or no hamstring injury, and we weren't even in the running for that player, and he was the best left back in the, in in this division that was available, and um and in terms of the system, I think that is you know that is something that Thomas has got to look at really really bad because if he's going to stick to that system, he's got to what he likes to do is he likes to shuffle the players that he trusts, so one week we play Goddess in the same position where he plays Jensen. And then he'd say, no, it didn't work out, I'll play Jensen. And he's been doing that, you know, with my he's been doing it with Fosu. You know, all the stats people was to tell you that of the three players up front that play with Tony, and Bueno's got the best stats. He's got the best stats out of the three of them. So thinking that he's gonna come in, Fosu's gonna come in, he comes on the pitch, he's been sitting on the bench for sixty minutes, he comes on the pitch, and his first touch is turgid. It's shocking that he's not ready to come on a pitch as a sub after 60, 70 minutes and can't get his first touch of the ball. And he's not at pace. And his players look at 31 years old. That guy went past him yesterday. The, the fellow that went to, from Villa to Birmingham. One of the two brothers. Can't remember his surname. Best player at the park by a Country Mile. And he, he, he went past him like he, was, like he was nothing there. At speed. Now, this is a young kid who's come from League One and he's properly overrated seriously overrated for what he's done. And if he gets a chance, same as Fours, and he takes it, I will take my hat off to them. But at this moment in time, I'm guessing that they're not even close to being as good as what we've got on that pitch.
4: It's interesting. I mean, there's a point that you said there as well, the Royal out B. I mean, I'm thinking, um, talking about the stats. Listen, as everyone knows, we talk about the stats a lot on this podcast. I mean, we talk about it so much on this podcast, not because we're, you know, we're, we're, we're stats gurus, but we just think that, you know, it kind of, you know, it kind of helps you understand what's going on. And also it's part of Brentford. The one thing, again, in the last sort of, you know, in the last couple of weeks, but in the last probably few months I've been asking, and we've asked this a few times to ourselves, is whether or not Brentford are too wedded to the stats. Now, the thing about it is that this is important for Brentford because this is this is what's made us different to anybody else this is what's made us different to you know to to your derby counties to to, to all these teams who we're outperforming you know your sheffield wednesdays you're not forests okay this is what's made us different and this is what's made us pick up our players so i think that for people to turn around and put their two fingers up and say ah this is all nonsense right you can't have it both ways. You can't be boasting about having your Ben Ramas and your and your and your Ivan Tonys and your and your Ollie Watkins, which are pl- the teams players that teams now turn around and say, "Oh, we should have bought him." And we're like, "Well, you probably could have done," but at the time when we bought him, you weren't willing to take the risk. But because of the way that our stats work, we say actually the all the figures are in the right places for them saying if we could fix this, this, and this. It'll be fine, so it works for us in that way. But in other ways, you know, for the stats, they'll go, "Oh yeah, look, you know, we're we're doing too much with the stats." But I'm just wondering whether or not for Brentford, we sometimes get too bogged down with the stats that we end up kind of just doing the same thing and not thinking out the box a little, right? And and that's probably a little bit disrespectful to the club. But I'm not saying it that way. But we kind of do things as what the stats say. So, say for example, you know when the run wasn't happening you know when it should have done you know uh, and all of a sudden things weren't right and maybe sort of like teams started to press us you know but you know maybe the figures were saying such and such we continue to do the same thing people are saying you know Thomas Frank keeps picking the same team or the same sort of tactics or teams are coming now and playing us in a different way because they've I, I remember one thing when you know say um what's his name the keep left back who's playing for uh for borough now ryan what's his name um you know he and and he, he met one of the besotted uh one of our posse uh one of our characters in the pub in stains last year and we've said this pot um this message before and he said to us oh uh, yeah he said we've sussed you Everyone sussed you out back in the last uh, and i still don't forget that everyone sussed you out he said last season yeah, we know how to play against you. We didn't have to play QPR because they were done by then. But after that, we lost to Stoke. We lost to to, Bra- um, to, to Bradford. We lost to Fulham. And in the back of my head, I was sort of thinking, I was, remember this guy saying this at the time, QPR, fullback, he's now up at Borough. Everyone sussed you out. We've now come to the situation where we got to the mid-February and lots of teams hard-pressing us. And they just seem to have got our game and we not seem to have got out of it. But we seem to be trying to do the same old thing and not changing it up. And I'm just wondering whether or not it's because, you know, Thomas Frank comes up and says, you know, oh, we should have won that game 4-1. And it was like one all or we lost 1-0. And you have other fans laughing at us saying, but what are you talking about? You you lost or you drew. You you shouldn't have been 4-1 because you didn't score four goals. And we understand it because we understand the XG. But it's kind of like, yes, but I know the stats might be saying it, but just because they're saying it, does that mean that, it hasn't worked over 10 games, 12 games, 14 games. We continue to do the same thing. So I know I've sort of kind of kept going over and saying the same thing here. But I'm just wondering if we're, again, from a learning phase um, um, situation, or a club that just kind of are so wedded to the stats. We don't go, tell you something. I know the stats say this but actually we're going to have to change this formation or we're going to have to put this player here or we're going to have to do this or the manager, or we're going to have to bring somebody else in to work with the manager even though that's kind of not what we do but we just feel we have to do that and uh, and also the other thing I'll say is that the stats probably don't tell you if a player is knackered or the player's had a, a nightmare with his girlfriend or the player's got... There's lots of other things that kind of you can't tell by the stats so if you're so wedded to the stats then you can't actually flip what you do and how you do where you do it, because all you're going to do is just bang on with what the stats say.
1: The L odds. Wow. Um, there's all sorts of things to take from that. I mean, firstly, your, your QPR guy, um, I remember that. It was the end of last season, right? Um, and we've been top since then, and we've had a, we had a good run of a, of a good number of games. So to say that they'd sussed us then, well, we should be sitting in the bottom half of the league, shouldn't we, if that was the case? Um, in terms of pressing, yeah, we struggle when teams press us. But the, the last few games, teams haven't particularly pressed us, and we still struggled. So I don't think that that's just what that is about. Um, Thomas wedded into sort of you know doing the same thing all the time. Um, I, I think what 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 Paul Grimes said, I I, I kind of agree. I, I I actually don't think there's that many other options. Um, from my recollection, every time when we make substitutions at the moment, we, we get worse. We don't get better. So I don't think he's missing too many tricks. I don't think he's missing you know, playing force um, because I don't think it would make us better. I, I don't. Um, I think that we're, we're threadbare squad-wise. Our key players, Josh De Silva... Could turn, you know, in the transition from defence into attack. He can turn with the ball and he can run with the ball. I don't really see that in the midfield at the moment, and I don't see Rico Henry's runs either. Which means almost effectively we play with a man down in the opposition's half. Um, I thought what was interesting yesterday was it seemed a, it seemed should start yesterday, I guess, because of how much you know Brian's struggling. I was kind of buying into that to some extent, if not just for a bit of rotation. But actually, what Thomas did yesterday is he played Brian on the left uh, because he I assume wanted to play a left footer on the left so you don't bring Fosu in in that case because that doesn't make sense so he did try something different yesterday and if it was fundamentally quite different in fact it was probably more fundamentally different than actually bringing Fosu in in some respects he actually played you know left footer on the left right footer on the right we don't see that normally um, so that was un- that was something different um, and you know I just sort of think that we i, I think we're threadbare and, and i don't really think i i might look at a different player at left back i've been banging on about that for a long time um i think there are other left footed players at the club um that could get up and down the pitch a lot quicker than Madsbeck. um that's my main sort of area of criticism to be honest i i i think w- we're short there's a lot of players that are struggling godos hasn't come on like we would like him to um and, and, that, and that's that's where we are. But we're not getting better when we're bringing the subs on. So so for me, it doesn't automatically say you should start with a team you're finished with because we don't look better. We look worse.
4: And just to say, actually, the player I was talking about, not Borough, but it's Ryan Manning who was at KPR and he's actually now at Swansea. As well, yeah. So it's Ryan Manning, you know, who said we sussed you out. Um, but anyway, listen, I'm throwing it all into the pot because, you know, those are the kind of things that, that we've heard. Um, so, so it's interesting, the ally because in effect, you know, what you're sort of saying is that, you know, Thomas Frank is... It's almost like you're saying, you know, the worker's got the tools and he can only do with the tools what he's got. And sometimes he gets, you know, a screwdriver out of the box and he tries a thing, then he's got a spanner and the spanner might not quite fit the screw, but he, he manages to kind of get a little bit of work out of the spanner, but it doesn't it's not quite fitting but he's doing what he's got with the tools is what you're saying it sounds like to me
1: to some extent yeah I, I I think left back's a problem it's a massive problem and I think there are potentially other options for left back you know I just think just look at who who, who in the squad's left footed can defend a bit and can get you know up and down the pitch um you know and, and there are players that can do that Jan for me is one I've been saying that I don't I've, I've never liked the idea of playing Norgaard and Jan out together in midfield because I just think that you don't it, it means you probably won't create as much so yeah but, but yeah there you yeah. go and and also the other thing is that what seems to be coming out <laughs>
4: I mean Paul Grimes uh, the the Royal Oak B was in effect you're saying basically us oh, what's not very good you know, um which I probably think is a bit, a bit of a disrespect to the squad. You know, I mean, I think the squad's not bad, but you know, probably is it, a, it, it okay? Is it okay? And I'll go, I'll go and just ask you quick questions here as long, Is the squad not good? Is it good enough? Is is our squad good enough to make top six? Is our squad good enough to make top two? Do you feel? And also the other thing is, and this is a question I've asked a few times before, and it's not getting the answer: Do you think? That somebody else, and this is, again is not a disrespect to Thomas Frank, but we're here on a podcast asking because what we're trying to do, we're trying to analyse whether or not the problem is in the the manager head coach, whether it's in the players, whether or not it's in the system, whether it's in the tactics, where it's at. Do you think somebody else would be able to come in and take this exact set of players and actually boost them and take them into where we want them to go into the playoffs? As in, do we have enough there? if you compare it to other teams like West Brom last season or whoever it was a few seasons ago, you know, Huddersfield from a few seasons back, be able to take this set of players and actually get them into the top two. And I will ask first of all, uh, Mr. T, the B.
7: Yeah, we've got a good squad, but we haven't got the depth of squad to finish top two. I don't think we're going to finish top six and, you know, injuries. Yes, they've been bad to us and, but it's the same for every team, you know. And other teams have got people to back them up. They've got, you know, people to come in, and that's work for them, you know. I have to say, I think uh, Roslev, he's playing okay. He's getting better every game. He's getting a bit more confident. But you know, you, I agree about over the left side. We, you know, Simonson is a good player, but he's not a left-sided player, and we need someone in there. You, you miss Henry so so much. But, you know, and I agree also about uh, Janot. Why not put in there? Uh, you know, it's worth a go. I do think that the reason why our subs don't make an impact is because he puts them on too late. You know, it always takes a player five minutes to get into the game. Let's be honest. You know, everybody's the same. And I think he needs to think quicker. You know, statistics may start the game. But after that 45 minutes... You have to look around and see what's happening. Statistics aren't going to tell you that. You're going to have to use your own head. You're going to have to be a manager. You're going to have to be a coach. Do what coaches do. Look, make decisions and do it. They spend too much time talking away. You could do this, could that? And then they go off again 10 minutes later. They're doing the same thing. You know, your question is, are we, are we good enough? We're good enough to top six. Yeah, of course we are. Um, with the players we have and hopefully... Get some back. I don't know the time scale on some of them, but um, yeah, the quick answer to that, sorry, is yeah, we're good enough for the top six. I,
5: I, I think the, the, the fullbacks are just a massive, massive elephant in the room here. You know, I, I just don't think. Any team in this division can can expect to get promoted with Roslev and, and Mazbek as, as as their left and right back, and that's that's the way we that's the way we are at the moment. I'm, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there, Mister T. Um, I, I disagree with with Roslev. I, I don't I don't think he's I think he's he got better yesterday. I, I just don't think he's up to the he's not up to a promotion push team yet. That's not necessarily his fault um he's been 's been chucked in and uh, you know having Dos come back from international duty crocked has has done us done us no no favors whatsoever um we saw that at Coventry you know we rested Dow's guard in the Coventry defeat and that came back and bit us in the arse massively you know you can't you can't take s- your experienced players out of the team if they're fit at the moment i know i understand you need to rotate and the rotation policy was working it seemed up to a certain point and then it's the the the, the rico the rico uh, you know injury is is li- literally sk- seen us being scuttled like 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 ten pin bowls it's it's changed the way we play it's changed the speed and the dynamism the balance of the team is completely gone now um, I do I do question the the, the, the the fact that you know we're wedded to playing a system that we haven't got the players to play at the moment um, you know I, and but a lot of a lot of managers and a lot of top managers, a lot of top top managers, they they just believe and they they get themselves through. And, and I think you know Thomas is on a on a learning curve still. Um, it's clear, um, as I said, I think he's he's worked wonders in so many ways this year, but he has made glaring mistakes. And you know, um, but talk there is talk of getting rid of him now. And, and bringing someone else in—that seems to be the noise that I see a lot on on social media, um, you know, from from yourself, Dave, um, being being one that says it a lot. Um, I just can't I can't see what that would achieve going into the final few games. So yeah, I, I think the DLFs have, have, have let him down in the last window, um, and I think Thomas is is trying to shuffle a pack that is just missing all kings jacks and queens at the moment
4: so listen listen lots of conversation here lots of very interesting conversation here tell you what we're going to do we're going to go away we're going to have a little drink we're going to have a little break and then we're going to come back after that and we're going to discuss this maybe the Birmingham game a little bit more maybe the Preston game a little bit more maybe Thomas Frank maybe the players we'll discuss a lot of things a little bit more right after this break So, interesting conversations here. Fans from all sorts of different walks of life, different points of view. We all love Brentford and we all want them to do well, so it's not as if we want them to just sort of burn and just disappear. Even though there are some fans out there that seem to want to do that, but we're not going to talk about that we're going to still try and keep things relatively positive but also relatively objective at the same time now interesting because we're you know we're kind of we, we were talking about a few issues about Brentford, why we're not getting the results that we're getting at the moment now you know is it the squad is it the head coach and the manager? are we unlucky or oh, have got no idea we too went to the stats. I, I, after yesterday's game the Birmingham game you know I had a, a very good friend of mine who you know he, he, in effect he's, he's, he's in the football game as well and he watched the match and uh, he saw the game and I checked him afterwards, and I, well, I think he's probably the only person I spoke to afterwards, other than the people in the garden you know, at minus 10 degrees, which was actually... Did I tell you something? What was really nice, it reminded me of... Uh, I saw everyone was on their WhatsApps. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of social media discussion. But like I said to you, I didn't go on to my WhatsApp yesterday because uh, it was like the old school days where if you lose a game, afterwards you walk back to the blow, go to the pub... Have a good old chat, and even though you might be disappointed or, or, or unhappy about it, because you've let it off your chest with your mates, which is all part of football, you kind of felt a lot better. And after the match last night, we for an hour after the game, we had the old bonfire. All the smoke was coming, and everything like that. Freezing cold. You were standing up there like you were, you know, like it was in the middle of winter, just on the terraces, chatting about the game, chatting how rubbish we were, chatting how disappointed you were. And even though, yes, I was disappointed. I managed to get it off my chest I have to admit and it is really nice having your mates around you to talk about football and I can't wait to get back to that moment and there's you know you can't deny how much we've missed that how much the fans may have made a difference on you know on the game on 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 on, last, on, on, on what, last night you know we might have actually kind of wooed the ball into the back of the net roared it into the back of that you don't know and so, you know, there's things like that, which, you know, listen, I can't wait to get back to next season. But just coming back to that, a good friend of mine, he saw the match and he said to me, yeah, Bill. So I said, what do you think? I said, I've got, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. What, what's t- just tell me, because, you know, you work you work in the game. You you understand what's going on. He said, well, being honest truth, you know, I'd love for you guys to go all the way because it'd be just brilliant having a small club like you. You know, but he goes, but you midfield." not really happening you know he goes also you haven't got a leader on the pitch from what i can see didn't see a leader on the pitch and also off the pitch i don't he goes i don't rate your head coach i think he's all right but i don't think he's a top two head coach that was the opinion Uh, and also you know you know which which i thought was just kind of which kind of rocked me as well and he he said and you just you've got no confidence got absolutely no confidence you were playing like with zero confidence like you know so it's quite interesting when you see an outsider coming in and what they've used. and and he wasn't saying it like if you'd ask a Swansea fan they'll tell you certain things about your team and you kind of have to take it with a pinch of salt because they're probably saying some things as a disrespect because there's a bit of a rivalry but there's no rivalry this was just from a neutral from his perspective to be fair you know you could say about the midfield you know if you watch another game you probably say our midfield's absolutely brilliant but probably not the game in the last 10 or 15 or so you know what i'm saying so it's one of those things but also that also highlights the fact uh you know are we touch and go are we you know is there no kind of uniformity are we you know the fact that our midfield could be great one minute and then just go missing the next minute which happened as well last season don't forget you know is that another big issue that has not been addressed so listening to that I've got to ask the question because, like I said to you, there's been a lot of Thomas Frank chat going out. I mean, I'm going to come to you first of all, Dave T, the B. Thomas Frank, you know, in or out for you. And I'm asking this not because I want to have him out, but I'm asking the question because this has been going around for a long time and people are asking it. And as a podcast who are talking to and 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 listens to what's happening out there in the TWH space, it'll be wrong. If I didn't ask what your opinion was on that, Dave Tetherby?
2: So for for me, um, Thomas has got to go. Um, I, I think last season we had a fantastic chance to go up. We didn't. We blew it, in my view. can use the term bottle it if you like. But this year, we've almost, for different reasons, very different reasons, found ourselves in the same place. And at the end of the season, if we're still in the championship, I hope we're not. I really hope we're not. Because uh, I I love Brentford, but I absolutely expect we might be, and if that's the case, something's got to change, and I don't think he will change. So for me, end of the season, Championship club, new coach.
4: Okay, sorry, and that was Dave Lynxby, by the way. <laughs> we'll come today, yes. Dave T the V in in a little bit. But um so is it so interestingly? So you're saying as well because there's a lot of people saying that he should go now. So that we can actually rescue our season and hopefully get an automatic or win the playoffs. What's your view on that?
2: Uh, no, I think that's wrong, Billy. And look, um, we're all Brentford fans. I've been guilty. I get very emotional about it. And I said, get rid of him earlier in the season. I did. But I see no point in getting rid of Thomas Frank now. Y- y- whoever you bring in, you've got the players that you've got. We've got the injuries that we've got. It would make no sense whatsoever. I'd love him to, to prove me wrong. I'd love him to go out, make some changes, think about things differently given the issues that we've got and get that team playing as good as it was 10 or 12 games ago and do enough to at least give us a fighting chance in the playoffs. But I don't think he will. I wish I wasn't saying that, but that's where I am.
4: Did you think that when we were on a 21-game unbeaten run?
2: Um, yes, I did, because um, just the same as I, I think one or two of the games that have frustrated me, the draws with the 2-2 with Derby um, being a great example, I don't think during that run that all those games we deserve to win, or indeed that some of them that we drew, we scratched a point when we could have lost. Um, and I think these things even themselves up in football, which is what I'd been saying earlier on in the podcast. It's just the way it happens in the game, as we know. You know, I mean, obviously, people that are technically minded and know the game inside out will give you reasons why that's happened with certain players. But I'm just a believer that in the rounding, you'll get some bounce that goes with you, and you'll get that that won't. And we had a lot of bounce that went with us in that 21-game run. The win at Barnsley was a good example of that. We scrapped it out at Rotherham as well. So nothing wrong with that, but you're going to get the other side of the coin as well. And we've had that recently.
4: Dave. so I'm going to ask the question, Dave. I mean, have you been one of these people who have been guilty of saying, when you're you're winning games, when you're you're not playing well, you know that's a side that's going up. Did you ever say that this season?
2: Yes, of course I did. Yeah, definitely. Um, And, you know, when you've been watching Brentford, this is... Well, I haven't been watching them this season other than like all of us on the... uh, uh, the iFollow or on Sky, this is my 43rd season. So for me, I'm looking at Father Time and saying, Come on, boys, I never thought we'd have a chance in the Premier League. Get there, so I'm alive to see it.
4: So, so okay, you know, so which I hear that. So, I mean, I think the reason why I'm saying that is that, again, it's is, it is one of those arguments where it seems that you could take things in, you know, at a snapshot moment. So at the moment, you sort of say, you know, oh, yeah, we we weren't playing that well two months ago, you know, and that's really terrible. Whereas, like, you know, two seasons ago, we'd be playing absolutely fantastic, brilliant football and losing every week or drawing every week and moaning how we're not going to get there. And then we get teams like Borough going, well, you were just like, we were like, you know, three or four years ago, you know, under Malbray. And we did exactly like that, but we didn't get anywhere. And then we changed to Karanka and we became a little bit more boring, but a little bit more practical. And then we started to win things. So what I'm trying to say to you is that you've also got to realise that sometimes maybe you can't have everything. Oh, you know, sometimes, some, you know, sometimes, listen, we might eke out a, a horrible nasty win but also isn't the question that Thomas Frank may have turned around and saw the losses that we had last season the 1-0 losses and gone you know not be funny how could we have lost a quarter of our games 1-0 how could we have done that? What do we need to do? Do we need to, you know, stop losing the ball in midfield so often? Stop getting the turnaround. So all of a sudden now, what you've got is a situation where, you know, to stop stop turning the ball over to the opposition, we're almost too too afraid to do anything that is too exciting at the moment now. Whereas beforehand, we probably reached a little bit of a middle ground. So what I'm trying to say is that sometimes there are reasons for this. And I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm not defending Thomas Frank. But what I'm trying to say is that if I'd asked you this question right in the middle of the run, you pro- I, I bet you would have said to me, this is brilliant, Bill. You know, it hasn't been so good the last few weeks. We were brilliant a month ago, not so good the last few weeks, but we're still getting wins. That's great for us because we weren't doing that last season. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I,
2: of course I do, yeah. And I think some of that, that's fair. I would have had that kind of conversation with you. But the underlying thought in my mind is that the thomas frank that you see now and the conversations that you see him having with the support or with the media after the game is the same guys last year for me um he, he is not changing he, he says the same thing if you if i listen to his uh after match um conference from birmingham you might as well have just replayed what what you said after the Huddersfield game or what you said after the game before. It, it, it's exactly the same message. Now, you can argue, of course, that why wouldn't it be? Because what he's saying is, I'm sticking with this. You know, I can see from the stats that we're not far away. We're not far away. It's just not... We're not making the right decisions in the final third. But I'm, I'm not going with that anymore. And if we stick with that, Bill. We'll talk about that later in the podcast, I think he said. For me, we've still got a lot of fans saying, well, you know, we'll have to settle for the playoffs. We are five points above seventh spot with seven games to play. We're no way nailed on for the playoffs in my book, not the way we're playing.
4: All right, Dave, we're going to come back to it in a minute because after have got around the houses here as well, the Royal Oak B. I'm asking you the question, Frank, in or out for you?
6: Well, he's got to be in at the moment, but there's there's a caveat to that. I I genuinely believe that if we were to bring somebody in, and I'll <clears throat> I'll throw three names in, you won't believe the third one if anyone knows my Irish connections because I can't stand the man. But he kind of the name kind of tells you what I'm trying to get at. But we could go back to someone that we've had at the club before, somebody like Lee Carsley, to come in and and give uh, Thomas a hand for seven games, ten games. To take a different point of view, we could go for somebody uh, really left field, like Jody Morris, uh, with a view to you know if it got us up. And Thomas, which I want to come back to, slightly isn't here next season for different reasons. Uh, then that might lead into somebody who might be available to come in. And um, and uh, the other thing to say uh, was the person I was going to mention was. Somebody of the ilk, and I don't mean him personally because I can't stand the man, but somebody of the ilk of Roy Keane, you know, is going to come in and, and really take over the, the mantle in the dressing room and, uh, and you know, kick some, kick some butt around a little bit and say, look, we need more from you in terms of fight. Something that, you know, I, I, I do think Thomas has got, has got a touch of arrogance about him. And I, I always like to watch... Is contact with the other manager before the games. And he always seems to want to have the last word. He always seems to have the other manager by the in a grip by the arm before the game and after the game. Friendly at the start of the game, but at the after the game, he's like, oh, I'm prepared to listen to you. Tell me what you want to say. You're frustrated, blah, blah. But I'm going to tell you what I think at the end. And he's you know he's no fool and he's not a weak character. So... It, it would seem strange that I'm contradicting myself by saying that we need to bring somebody in that's got that in him but he's got he's, his persona that he's put across is this mr. nice guy and we are a team that reflects that persona and we need to change that you know that we need to what we haven't done for six or seven seasons is at any point in time is get a team on the floor wounded and put our foot on their throat. And the only time I can think that we did it was against Wickham, second half. And we should have been 3-1 down in that game because we were dreadful first half. And and then in, going back to the question before the break about the squad. Um, at the start of the season, I tipped the squad for second place. Uh, and when you looked at what we had in our like the front 12, that was a strong side. But when you started to take it apart individually and say... Daniels for Raya. Okay, that's not bad cover for six games. We're okay with that. Rorslev for Dalsgaard. Ratchic for Pinnock. Sorensen for for uh, Jensen. Uh, um, Thompson for for uh, Rico. In the midfield, we didn't have Yanel at the time. So the midfield would have been Jans- uh, uh, Jans- Jensen, uh, De Silva, Norgaard. But the, the backup was Zamburek. Uh, Mark Condes and a gap, which was filled by Yanelle, fantastically up front was Canos, uh, Tony and and uh, and and they've done brilliantly well. I think they've scored more goals at this point in time than the front three last year. The BMW has scored at this point in time, but the backup to those three of Godos, Fours and Fosu, you know, when we look at that that backup eleven, you know, last season our problem was you took out two players. You took out one player, we were okay. You took out two players, we really struggled. You took out three players, we were completely banjacks, I won't swear. This season, you know, four games in, we little five games in, we lose Pontus. You know, and we're suddenly playing either Good or, or, um, uh, Mads Beck-Sorensen. And, it, 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 you know, that that's not good. Then we've lost Rico, we've lost De Silva, we had Norgard out for half the season. Uh, Zamburek went to Shrewsbury, ended up 17th in League One, not putting up trees, and has barely played since he came come back, because he's not in form. That's why he's not playing, because he's not good enough. And that, that the squad that we've got at the moment is not good enough for the 4-3-3 that Thomas wants to keep rotating. So what he needs to do with that, that, that team of players, that 12 players that he's got that he trusts... Is to change the system. If he changes the system, brings in somebody to give him a different idea alongside him, with the players he's got, I think he can take us through the playoffs. All right,
4: so this is a, this is because this is an interesting point. Because that's something that I thought about. You know, there's a lot of people say Frank out, and I think you know at the moment is completely ridiculous. But I think the idea that we brought Thomas Frank in, right? We brought Thomas Frank in, like you said, under Dean Smith. The fact is that, you know, a wise old head or somebody else that can help him and guide him through, because at the moment now he seems to be knocking his head against a brick wall and cannot see his way out. We've got a very short space of time in which we need to do something. And it's almost like when you've got somebody who's like a a mentor, you know, somebody who comes in and actually you can bounce ideas off, who's been there before, can understand it and maybe will make you take the risks that you don't want to take because you don't know how to or you don't want to or you don't know how to so for me i'm thinking that would be really really quite interesting so it's interesting you bring that thought whether <laughs> i'm not sure about roy queen actually you know because i still I, can't i, I, wasn't, I, mentioning I right. wasn't mentioning him i wasn't
6: mentioning him i'm just trying to make the right. uh, that type of
4: character i'm sure i still can't get over him and uh and and, and jordan rhodes anyway but you know you know jordan who's, who's this jordan rhodes oh he's rubbish you know you know, and talk about Jodie Morris as well. Actually, I should say just quickly, Jodie Morris, um, he actually got, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, he actually got thrown out by about 10 bouncers uh, literally horizontally from the 10 rooms at nightclub on the night that I actually met my wife. So uh, Jodie Morris, every time I see him, he always makes me smile. Laney.
5: So we're saying Brian Marima out? Is that is that what we're saying? I mean, if 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 it's not Thomas Frank, is it Brian Reema's fault? Um, I, I, you know, it, it, we're we're saying that Thomas Frank needs to have someone alongside him who can sort the inadequacies out that currently are. But
4: Brian Reema the one that's. But um, Dean Smith did he kick out Kelly when Thomas Frank came in?
5: No, 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 no. I, 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 no, but we're we're, we're talking about. You know what will solve it. So this, you know, something is clearly not working um, in the current setup. Is is the you know is the the, the kind of the consensus here? So Brian Remey is a massive part of of the match day. He's the one that seems to speak to the players in the huddle.
4: But no, he needs to I, learn. He's he needs to learn as well. I, you know what I'm saying so if you bring somebody else in for six games, 10 games half a season he can learn Thomas Frank can learn everybody can learn it's not a case you're saying oh yeah we're bringing someone in you're giving them an elbow did, did, did O'Kelly get the elbow when we brought Thomas Frank in with Dean Smith no he didn't you know he was still there and now he's learning in the Premier League with Dean Smith so what I'm trying to say is that you know you're looking at how to fix a situation
5: well, I hadn't actually finished my point, but, you know, um, it, it, it was that, you know, he, he's the one that seems to be out there giving them the final G-up before they actually start the game. He's, uh, he's, that matters,
6: Dave, does it? Sorry, does that matter? Seriously? Well, Is well, that it, what's making a difference? Well, you're, you're, sorry, you're
5: sorry. Seriously. You, what, what's You're on? the one that's just said about Roy Keane needed to be the one to give him the G-up, so it obviously does matter.
6: No, hold on, hold on a second. I'm talking about the training ground. I'm talking about the training ground, about tactics, about systems. I'm talking about coaching the players. I'm talking about having a left back from his debut game. From his debut game, two and a half seasons ago. Roy, Roy Keane's been Roy Keane's been run out of every coaching position Dave, he's ever had. Dave, Dave Roy, Roy Keane, Roy Keane took Sunderland up with a record number of points for the championship. So I don't like Roy Keane. I can't stand the man. What I'm talking about is he's got different ideas and he wouldn't take the bullshit pulling out free tackles that Jensen and Sawyers have been drumming up for us through midfield for the last three seasons. I don't want Roy Keane. I'm talking about that type of character to come in and help Thomas do that type of thing on the training ground. right? Not not in a huddle Say, come on, lads. We've got Pontus for that. You can hear him on on the iPod. That's not what's going wrong here. We've got a left back. Who cannot open his body. He cannot take two consecutive touches with his left foot. And he's played game after game after game after game. And Bill will tell you, because he can show you the texts. When we, when we did the points thing about five or six weeks ago, we talked about whether Fossu, right footed, could play left back. And I said, no, Yanel will play left back before the end of this season. Right? Because he's not, Thomas doesn't want to play him with Christian Norgard. And whatever's happened to him in the midfield since Christian's come back, He's half the player that he was before Christmas. So we may as well play him at left back, and, but we'd have to change the system. And, that we, and that's the point. You cannot play Yanel in a 4-3-3. Three, three. So if we, changed, if we brought Reed in and played free at the back with Yanel and Dow Scarlett, he was fit. He was left out at the Coventry game because he was having a bit of a poor, an injury uh, problem. And that injury problem, because he went on in that game, because Royal was so bad, that injury problem has, has got worse and now he's out. So somebody like Finn Stevens, who's got a bit of pace, who's going to get up the line, or Roslev, playing as a wing-back rather than as a full-back and be less risky. He's made two mistakes in two games. He's cost us two goals in exactly the same area, first of all with his head, and then and then, on, uh, and then on Saturday with, his, with the pass. He, the interception was fine, but what he did after that was shocking. And that's down, not down to him. That's down to the coaching. And that's down to Brian Reamer and Kevin O'Connor. And Thomas is in charge of them. The problem with Brentford fans is that we think every year what we've got is the best it there is out there. Yeah, the
1: Seven games left, right? How on earth, with seven games left, do you do any sort of due diligence on getting somebody else in and giving them a role that is actually going to you know, make a difference that that means that the manager's reputation. going to have confidence in him, the coaches are going to have reputation. confidence in him, the players are going to have confidence in him. You've got seven games left. That reputation, come on, what? what? Roy Keane's got a reputation, and, and if he comes in, all he'll do is alienate the squad, and none of them want to play for him. You know, it is... Don't bring in Roy Keane. Bring in Lee Carsley. Maybe, but you still have to do... And Lee Carsley is likeable, probably the only sensible name right? that I've heard mentioned. But I still don't think you can do it with seven games to go. You can't do... Yeah, yeah, which is the opposite to Roy Keane, so it's a completely different point. Yeah, but, but so, maybe we don't so, need likeable. We've got, we got Thomas Frank for likeable. So, all right, so don't bring Lee Carsley in. My point is, is how do you... Reputation. With seven games to go, how do you Reputation. do any sort of due diligence on getting somebody else in? It doesn't make... You You can't. We... What sort? Of, what, but it could destroy the club. You could bring in somebody who's completely toxic. It's just ridiculous. But you can't do it with seven games to go. It doesn't make any sense with seven it's games to go.
6: You've got to bring in a better coach than what we've currently got. A better coach than what we have currently got. The coaches we have got are not the best in the in the business. I'm not saying they are, time. but you have
1: to do a level of due diligence. You can't just bring in somebody who could potentially just literally destroy the club, alienate the players, alienate the other coaches. It doesn't. It for me, it doesn't make sense. Not for seven games. For Ten games. It's too late to do that. You you do you do that you do that before the season starts, not not with seven games to go. Let me go over to Mr T the B. Bee. Yeah, I've
7: been listening to this, and you know you can't blame everything on Frank, the coaches. Yeah, bring someone else in. Would it help this time of the year? I don't know, but it may do. It may do. I, I, my point is, is you have to have a look at the players as well. You know, people like Embreimo. Yes, statistically, he's been great, but every time you see him, he wants to cuddle. You, you want to go there, give him a cuddle and say, you're okay, you're a good player. He just doesn't seem to be in the zone anymore. He 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 just plays the way they say. He was a natural player who done anything he wanted to do, and it, nine times out of ten, it worked. Now he's been told, you got to do this, and you just see it very stale at the moment. You know, Lee Carsley was a good shout. He's been at Brentford he he knows he knows a run that he he'll he know how to do. But he couldn't wait to get away though. Good reasons, Bill. Good reasons. No, this is true. Very 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 true. He thought he you know he didn't he wasn't management material. He he said that himself. He just wanted to coach, and that's what we could do with. But he wants to coach in the Midlands because of his child. Yeah yeah that, yeah as well. But Midlands Brentford's not too far away, is it? Let's be honest.
6: Well, he's at St. George's at the moment, isn't he?
7: But, you know, everything everything else, I, you know, when I, during the season, I, I put my hand up. I was the first one uh, in Facebook to put Eddie Howe. You know, I, I thought he could push us on and get us to the Premiership. The not, have got but... you've got something
4: about that. The Allard's got something about that,
7: you?
1: But the but, but 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 the point the point is is that is that we're all sitting here saying, "Oh, Eddie Howe." And d- do you think Eddie Howe's going to come and want to come in and work under our system? No, 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 no. I did Because, I because it, it, you know, I I I think you have to take a step back and appreciate that we have a system that works in a certain way. Now, maybe you want to undo the system and start again. Fair enough. But I just don't think that you slot some manager in like Eddie Howe, who comes in and goes, "Yeah, I, I accept the system." I, I just don't think that happens. Yeah. No.
7: No. No. I. I wasn't saying it now. May, maybe it does. Yeah, I wasn't saying now. This was a while ago.
1: No, no, no I'm not even it, saying it now. A ago.
7: He, he, can, and he can play a Brentford system.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate but, it.
7: You know, that much off of us at some stages, they play some good football. But he was at Bournemouth then? Bournemouth, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is fitting into, I'm not talking about the system the players play, I'm talking about the system that's in place at the club where you don't have as much, you don't have nearly as much control as the, I mean. Yeah, no, Frank fair comment, fair comment. So you don't have anything like the control. So, so, and, and that's all I'm saying is it's, it's really difficult just to yeah, throw no, random like, names out there and say they'd have done better.
7: All I'm saying is uh, during the middle of the season, I threw his name out. It wasn't, you know, after a while, it was like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, totally. You know, I think Frank, Frank is... Is is pushed right, right. with statistics. I think you get people saying to him, "Him, him, him, him is playing really well. Him isn't." You know, I, I and that's what my point earlier on by saying at half time you don't get the statistics. You you have to work for yourself. You have to look at the team yourself. And I think people like Embremo, his mental state. I think a few players are like that at the moment. You used to have Tony. Every game used to be directing people, egging people on, telling them, you know, come on. You don't see that anymore. You see him dejected at the front, saying, I'm not getting the ball, you know, he's put his arms out, he's getting fouled. Fair enough. But we need a general in midfield who who can do that.
1: There is one other point about Thomas Frank, is that I think what I've heard from virtually everybody tonight is that we've got a squad that basically isn't good enough to be in the top two. So the fact that Thomas Frank has gotten to third place would suggest... Are we all agreeing he's done a good job or are we saying he hasn't done a good job? Because I'm a bit confused about that, I've got to to be honest. The
4: question I've been asking and I've been asking everybody, we've got a squad who, uh, a lot of people are saying they're not good enough for top two. And I've been asking, is there another manager? I'm not saying bring him in. Is there somebody else who can get our squad into top two is what I've been asking. Because I actually think that our squad actually is and can be top two. Interestingly, I've just looked at the stats again. We are we are XG with n- n- number one, again, top of the XG table, right? We, I believe, are good enough, not good enough, we've got enough there to be top two if we are guided in the right way. And I look back on teams, like I said to you, like West Brom last season, who got to top two last season, who, to be quite honest with you, it was a little bit of like, how the hell do they do that? Huddersfield, when they got promoted a few seasons, I know they weren't top two, but they got promoted a few seasons ago. Even Aston Villa, when they got they got promoted off the playoffs. But I'm looking at this thinking, hold on a second. I think that the tools that we have and the experience that we have, there is enough for somebody to guide us up to. And Thomas Frank, I think he's done a brilliant job to get us to where we are. But he's actually, he's fought, he, there's no two ways about it. But he's faltering at the moment. He is faltering at the moment, and I, you know, like I said to you, whether or not you bring in somebody now, it's not going to work or not like that. But he would, I bet you, he'd love a bit of help. He would love somebody to come in there and kind of help him through this rocky patch, help him through the waves that are kind of, sort of rocking the ship to get the to, 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 to get the ship back on an even keel. And it's not, you know, it's not quite happening for him because you can see it in his face. As you said to him in this podcast, he looks ill a lot of the time. He looks ill with, with worry, with fear, with probably being up at night thinking about things so much. And the fact is that he is a young manager. He's only been in the game for two, two years. He's, OK, he did his Bromby thing. But he's not, he's, not, he's not an experienced manager as such. The fact is that if Thomas Frank left this season and went to somebody else, he'd probably take him up. You know what I'm saying? they get to a team with more money. With the experience he's got at Brentford and he'll probably take him up. But at this stage, he needs a little bit of help. Um
6: Royal Oak B, I'm gonna to have to just a little bit, just 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 because we're gonna to go to a little break in a minute. On that point, just on that point, I, I've got a sneaky feel, I don't know what it is, it's the hunch. But Jason Tyndall's gone to Sheffield United. There's a lot of talk about Eddie Howe going to Celtic. I wonder if uh Jason Tyndall going to Sheffield United was a precursor to maybe Eddie Howe going to Sheffield United. Um, he, and he him and Frank Lampard are not gonna to come to Brentford. But Jody Morris, we can't turn him down because he gets in the fight in the nightclub. We're gonna be down most of the football players and coaches. Sam Saunders is in the nightclub every Tuesday night in London. So, you know, um, shoot me for that piece of information. But, you know, uh, we we can bring in a coach to help Thomas out, and I think that would help for sure. Um with res- with respect to the squad, I, I think if if and I this is what I think we're gambling on. If Dalsgaard, Rico and the Silva come back, we're good enough to win the playoffs. We need somebody to help Thomas to do that. Because at the moment, we are all in, all in on that, on that one hand at this moment in time.
4: OK, listen, so listen, we're going to go away. We're going to have a little break, have a few more little drinks. We're going to come back after the break and we're going to finish it up because we're going to talk about, OK, end of the season. Is it going to be automatic? Is it going to be playoffs? And what do we need, or is it not going to be playoffs even, you know, as the Lynx B has said, and what do we need to do to get ourselves over the line? So there we go, we're back after another little break. It's probably going a little bit longer than we thought. And tell you what, as well, we're playing Preston on Saturday. I, I can't even, I can't be bothered to talk about Pre- Anyone want to talk about Preston on Saturday? Oh, not, not if we're not no going. Interest, no interest. Laney? Yeah. Not, 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 not if we can't go there. I don't want to <laughs> talk about it. No,
5: because if we if we could go there, it would be an incredibly good day out. Normally, apart from the football, yeah. and then uh, we'd 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 meet some chums. Yes. and we'd have drink some cold drinks, yes. and we'd get back to yeah. Saint Pancras in, uh, about half two in the after morning. After
4: being in the Moorbrook for uh, for for most of the day, mm. as well as another eight pubs and uh, and that place that the, the gin. Mm place as well they took to and the place with a well in the bottom of the floor yeah. as well oh christ yeah, yeah.
5: i forgot about yeah, that yeah. god yeah, yeah.
4: So next uh, next season I mean. next, yeah next season we'll be in, in, in the <laughs> championship Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right i look forward to that next season but anyway so we're not going to talk about preston i'm sorry about this people out there if you're looking for a preview of matches i know we've we started to let you down last week you were waiting for a review of the, the huddersfield game and we just said no we're not gonna do that you know like P just pni Preston, no interest. Yeah, Preston, absolutely no interest whatsoever. (laughs) So just coming back, because this is more important, us talking about how we're going to scramble over the finish line, you know. And look, this is interesting when you're going around where you've got, you know, quite a few opinions over the internet at the moment now. So what you've got is that you've probably got the younger brigade who are getting very frustrated because they haven't seen Brentford basically in the bad old days. You know, if they're probably younger than or you know, younger than nineteen or twenty. All they've seen is the good old days from Brentford from when post after the Andy Scott when he got us out from 2009. And then we started to get Uwe Rosler in and we just started to do good things. So they haven't really seen really bad days. You know, they haven't seen the old. Well, we don't even need to go on about them because they have probably heard us go on about it so much. But, you know, for us, we got a little bit more of a balance where we've seen bad old days. We've seen good old days. So we kind of probably a little bit more tolerant of uh, the things that go wrong in the good old days. However, what I will say is that just because we're a bit more tolerant doesn't necessarily mean that we can't have an opinion or we can't get frustrated or we can't get annoyed. So sometimes when I sort of see people when, you know, we go out and we fluff it yet again, they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm just so happy to be here because, you know, I've been supporting Brentford for 145 years and, you know, this is the best that we've ever done and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's, that's, that is true. And I kind of feel that, but... Let's take a reality pill here. This season and last season, we've spent more money than we've ever spent. We've gone, we need to go for it. We've bought in Pontus Janssen. We've gone from like a probably a £10,000... Top wage bill to probably what thirty thirty five thousand pound. I don't know £25, thirty five, twenty thirty thousand pound. We've basically spent a lot more money, right? You know, um, you know Royal Oak Bees figured is even more, and he can interject in there a little bit later. But I'm just throwing it in. So all of a sudden, is that we are spending more money? Okay, now I know how you know this club runs, and if we wanted to complete to continue on a, an even keel and stay in this in this division. Then that's what we would do. We'd use our stats and our cleverness and we you know, we wouldn't go too mad, kind of probably what Barnsley do. And we'd end up finishing 10th and 9th and 12th every season, but financially we're pretty stable. And every now and again we might have a little run like we did when we got to the playoffs a few years ago, and bang there you go, just like what Barnsley have done at the moment now. And if we did that, because you haven't increase the expectations of the fans as well it would feel so wonderful oh my god I can't believe what we've done and we've done it with you know under budget and we're kind of like you know no one expects us to do this and it's really fantastic but the reality is that now we've stepped up a gear and we've spent more money and we're going out there and the fact is that love it or hate it if we end up finishing third and staying in this division next season you might think it's a wonderful thing but we might as well finish 10th because we're still going to be playing Preston next season and, and you know, Nottingham Forest next season and Derby County and all the rest of them next season. But what we've done is we've spent a lot more money and put ourselves more into debt. So the question, are you saying, oh, I'm really pleased that the owner's putting a lot more money into his pocket just for us to basically be exactly where we were last season? It's not really the case. So I think we've got to take a bit more of a reality pill to realise that with the money that has gone in, we have made a real... Um, uh, we've we put our line in the sand and say we are going for it, and you know interestingly, we actually put back our we are going into the Premier League by about three or four years because we were saying that we were going to get in there about three or four years ago, but we put it back, and then in the end, we thought we might get in there the season before we got you know into the into the new stadium then we thought we'll do it the season we are in the new stadium, and the fact is that you know listen, I know that there's a million things that can go wrong, but what i 'm trying to say here is that don't, don't you mustn't try and cherry you know kind of just 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 cherry coat it by just saying well actually we're just really brilliant because we're just here and you know this is the best we've ever done because to me we could be in the same division by spending a fifth you know of the money that we're spending now the Allard
1: yeah I agree I, I think those, th- those points are good and they're relevant um, I think um, and I think you have a review at the end of the season and you say what did we achieve uh, what what um you know what facilities and facilities is the wrong word, but what what did we have, what did we expect, what did we achieve and that's how you, and that's what you do and you have a sensible review of it at the end of the year. Um as would any business you know, moving forwards. And then you decide what you do better for next year. I think um we obviously have gone for it this year. I think, you know, there there are signs of that. The signing of Pontus was a, was a was a was a sign when we signed him um last year. Um but but, but but we are still you know competing against teams coming down from the premier league with parachute payments and incredibly strong squads um so we you know I, I, my, my only argument is is that we we we're not guaranteed to finish in the top two no matter what we do because we are always going to come up against squand, strong squads with relegated teams and parachute payments um at least for the time being so that the that's what I'm saying. So you have to sort of say, okay, did we perform well this season? Maybe if we finish third, we have performed well. Have we done what we needed to do? No, we haven't. Laney.
5: I, I I don't personally feel we have gone for it this season. If I, if I'm honest with you, we we may have upped our wage bill, and that that probably you know I, I don't know what Ivan Tony earning. I imagine it's a it's a lot of money, and I know that there's been uh, new new long term contracts for for some of the. Players like uh, you know Norgard and, and one or two others that may have kind of blown what whatever came before it, um, but I don't I don't think we we have gone for it. Uh, I, I, we 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 didn't we didn't we, we spent ten million on the replacement for a, a thirty million pound player. Um, we spent uh, n- almost nothing on uh, on the Ben Rama replacement um Jan Elk cost us bugger all um and got us bugger all and a little bit more but we ha- we i don't think we have gone for it in in traditional terms you know if, if we are allowed to compare ourselves to 30 years ago um you know yes we are a transformed football club and we're competing with the top teams in this division without the parachute payments Um, but I I, I honestly don't think that Thomas Frank has been given the ammo that he he had last year and he has taken us to a a semi-final of the League Cup we are currently sitting third in the in the division some people say that's you know they don't like that being rammed down their throats we're not we're third, but you know we are. Um, we're not looking the, the same as we were. But third, just we're just counting. It's just it's basic maths. We are third. One, two, three, countdown. That's where we are. Where we whether we finish there, then you have to. That's guesswork. Um, guess guessing on current form is that we drop away a little bit more. But I honestly think that things won't get worse. They will improve. So I, I think some sort of form will come back. That is going to get us into the playoffs. Beyond that, you know, I'm a Brentford fan. I I am not going to guess what the playoffs bring. But surely, surely that run comes to an end. You know, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But what I'll say, I mean,
4: lady, is that, you know, first of all, obviously, you know, we spent a lot of money last year as well. Uh, And as we came at the back end of last year, we came into coronavirus, we came into a pandemic. We uh, have a situation where finances have gone, um, you know, gone a little bit belly up as it is. Um, So when you came into the summer period as well, you know, maybe we were conservative as everybody else is conservative, but when we did that, but we did still reel in um, Tony because we were able to, because we had certain funds. But at the end of the day, we are a smaller club than everybody else. So the money that was not maybe, maybe was or wasn't spent in the January window, as I mentioned before, may also be because of the coronavirus and the lack of funds. But also the one thing that has been said to me is that no one's spending any money so you notice the amount of loans that are going around
5: now we we've said we've said a hundred times on this podcast that we we we, we fucked up in january and, and, and i and i firmly believe we, we did and and we've said it we, we we've not we've not not said it well you know we we didn't strengthen in vital areas left wing left back right back we brought reed in who you know, we, we can we can talk about him for hours, probably. You know, he's not done an awful job. He's certainly not Premiership quality. So, you know, we we haven't brought Premiership quality players into this football club uh, since since the signing of Ivan Tony and Yanelle, and and that was a long time ago. Now, a whole transfer window where we could have done our, done our due diligence on players in the early part of the season, we 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 didn't do. And you know, yes. Yes, the DOFs have done a, a, a remarkable job, but they're not going to get it right every window. And this window, they certainly didn't. But I'm certainly not calling for for any of them to go. And and I'm certainly not wanting to change the setup of our football club. I just think, you know, we if we don't finish in the top two, there's no crime there. There really isn't any crime there. But, but what
4: I'll say is that I actually think, we differ in our views. I actually think we have gone for it this window, but I think that we believed... Well, you, you believe that we went yes, for it in January? no, no, I think we went, sorry, not this window, this season. I believe that we went for it this season, but I think that there is a belief... Well, I no, no, it. I'm just saying, let, let me say, but I believe there is a belief that we had enough in the can to get us over the line. That is what I believe, and the fact is that the, I think the belief was that in the January window... If we can get what we can do, we can do. But we've got enough in the can. Rico Henry, he's doing all right. To be quite honest with you, I said this before Brentford's skimmed the lines quite a lot. And we've been really lucky. We have had no injuries in the past few years and we got away with it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we skimmed the lines again this year, thought we'd get away with it. We got the players in. We thought Goddard is going to come good. All the stats were saying that we're doing all right. We're all top of the league and everywhere. Like You know what I'm saying? We had no injuries through the window. Back in the window, bang. The injuries, the really bad injuries came and we had fluffed it. So to me, I was thinking that we actually thought. We
2: have a
6: good enough squad. <laughs> to we have to, to ask the Royal Oak about that. And talk about the Royal Oak t- 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 Yes, Royal t- yes, Oak uh, Okay, on the on the on the finance thing. Last year, we look at the results uh, that came out. The financial results. Our wages went up by 174%. Now you're restricted financially because of fair play with the with the income of the football club. But our wage bill went up 174% on the season before. And if you look at how that happened, that happened because we brought in Pontus for for five and a half million, six million, we brought in Brian and Buomo for six and a half million. We brought in Christian Norgard for three and a half million. We brought in uh, Matthias Shenson for 3.25 million. Now, you don't bring in these players for that kind of money and pay them seven, eight hundred quid a week. They're on 20, 30, 40,000 pound a week. They're on the value of their transfer fee over the length of their contract. That's what they're on. Do the maths, divide it by the length of their contract. That's how much money they're on. Okay? And you can work out where our big payers are. Now, we didn't sell Ponta We didn't sell... Christian Norgaard. we didn't sell Brian and Buemo, we didn't sell Matt, uh, Matthias Jensen, and last, in that season when, we, when the wages went up, we also increased the wages for Saeed Rama and we also increased the wages for Ollie Watkins at the start of that season when, when they stayed with us for last season. So when we went for it was last year, and when we failed, when Corona's virus came, it cost us £1.4 million. That was the first warning flag that we weren't going to get the income that we was expecting because of coronavirus. Nobody could have prejudged that. When we went to the playoff final and lost, that that has hurt us financially, which has now come out. If we do not go up this year from second place or via the playoffs, we are in big financial trouble next financial year. That is it is absolute certainty because... What we've got from the money from Ben Rama and Watkins will cover this season, those wages, and we will be selling, if we don't go up, David Raya, Josh De Silva, Ivan Tony, and Rico Henry. Possibly Ethan Pinnock, possibly Christian Norgard. We'll be selling them because they will be demanding to go, transfer requests, because Premiership clubs will come in for our best six players. And when we talk about we've got six or seven players that are not good enough, that we've got to ship out and six or seven players that we're going to have to sell, you're talking about a rebuilding programme of magnitude. If we do not go up this season, the financial implications of us not going up this season are huge, huge. And anybody that's close to the club that can talk to the people that know, they won't tell you that of course, but we are all in. Trust me. We are all in for promotion. So we've got to help Thomas Frank. He's the best man for the job, but he has got to change as well. And we've got to help him as best we can. And I can't think of any other way than to bring in... I don't want to bring in a a Neil Warnock. and I don't want to bring in a Roy Keane. That was a bad choice for me. It's it's an an idea of a philosophy behind a person. (laughs) But I don't want to bring in somebody that's 72 years of age, a Dave Besson or somebody like that, I want to bring somebody in that's going to work with the young players on the training ground and give Thomas new ideas over the next seven games because we have got to get winning quick. The only thing about Preston, I will say, Bill, is I didn't think we'd we'd had a chance at Blackburn when we went up there. I would never have backed to to go at Blackburn and win, and we did. And then, of course, we followed it up with two poor results. And I can't see us going to Preston and getting a win, but. We did it at Blackburn, so here's
4: hoping. Listen, right, we've got to move things on, you know, quite rapidly. There's another little little point that I had just quickly, uh, you know, again another little bit of bad but typical news as well. As you know, in the game afterwards, both Boymo and Ivan Tony got racially abused again on Instagram um, by some some person who couldn't even write very good English to be quite honest with you so uh, but anyway again and again we've talked about this this is something we'll probably talk about in another podcast but it's one of these things that doesn't seem to be going away um, obviously we know that the players stopped taking the knee at a particular period because they felt that um, things weren't changing I, I, I'm still a little bit clear about where they didn't think things were changing was it, they think, was, was it in the football league was it within the country was it the government I'm not quite sure and as we know we've talked about this quite a lot on the podcast as we were a little bit disappointed that nothing was put in place by the players or obviously put in place at the time they said right we're not doing the knee but we're going to do this but again that was their choice but I thought that was a, probably a bad move because it didn't actually show us being proactive in actually kind of Putting, you know, looking like what we were going to be do in place. So, you know, in a lot of matches, you sort of see us hanging around while the next team takes the knee. Or we had a little quick photo opportunity before the match this time, which you know, people might say that's what they wanted to do. I understand that, but I'm also I'm a black football fan, and I love the fact that players were taking the knee because it was something that people could see and they can relate to, and they knew what it was all about. And I thought, okay, if you don't want to do that, tell them what you're going to do because you're the you're the celebrity out there i can't i me i'm just sort of sitting here on, on the podcast you know broadcasting to however many people but you're the celebrity out there and for me you're kind of shining a light for me you know what i'm saying and me and my mates and people have had a load of grief at the time so the more that you do the better and listen we know that you get a lot of grief as lot well as what, what we do but it is much better if you do something than nothing and my 12 year old daughter said exactly that but I, I sat back and i started to count back and i thought hold on a second when the Brentford stop taking the knee and it was at Barnsley at home and uh, that game we lost 2-0 then after that we lost 2-1 to QPR then we lost 2-0 to Coventry then we beat Sheffield Wednesday so first win then we beat Stoke 2-1 as well then we lost to Norwich then we beat Blackburn then we drew to Derby we drew to Forest we drew to Huddersfield we drew to Birmingham City so it's quite interesting in those, what's it, about 12, 2-4, 6, 8, 10, 12 games or something like that Two, four, six, eight, 10, 11 games. We won two games. We've drawn four. So you know we've we've so and that's also interesting because before that game we beat Reading three one. We beat Middlesbrough four one. So <laughs> it was also the it was also the start of our of bad form, right? You know when we stopped taking the knee. Now I'm not doing the old kind of do 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 do. You know people are like, oh, what you're talking about, Bill, This is ridiculous. But the... We're talking about this, you know, with a few of few, a few of the characters a few, few weeks ago. I've heard that there's a there's been a little bit. There might be a little bit of a kind of maybe bad feelings that's been going on, you know. Because I'm just I'm just wondering how come there is such bad form, you know, with us. You know, is there a little bit of disunity in the side? And I'm not sort of spreading any rumors or anything like that. But it's interesting where this coincided with they're not taking the knee, whether or not it has not that we've heard that there might have been a bit of a disagreement between certain people as to whether or not we should, whether or not we shouldn't have done, right? That's never been clarified. But, you know, this came to me from not one, but a couple of other sources as well. And there's been a couple of other sources just been talking about, you know, maybe sort of things happening in the background. So I'm just wondering whether or not also there is other things that are happening in the background, which has kind of stopped us playing like we were, because these things don't come up in the stats. When you've got kind of like just kind of just, you know, like when Uwe Rosler had to get everyone in the dressing room and just to get it all out, and then all of a sudden it was all sorted. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just wondering, you know, from what I can hear, where you've had a sort of kind of pre-Uwe Rosler type situation where there is something that has just been festering or there's some bad vibes kind of happening. And uh, I'm just putting it out to you guys. Do you, you you probably haven't heard anything, but this, is, this has just come from a couple of, couple, of, couple of reasonably decent sources. And Lainey, what's your thoughts on that?
5: Oh... I
4: can't.
5: I can't do the conspiracy theory with the, it coinciding with the the, the the run of poor results. But there's clearly something that was amiss, and you know, the the two month period of not taking the knee and then waiting for the, the players to come up with the solution or, or what they do want to do. So they're going to stand together behind a board for two seconds bef- before kick off. Where they couldn't take the knee for two seconds before kickoff it's it's pathetic. It, it really is. It's pedantic. Um, you know, it, it, whether it's the taking of the knee or whether it's the whatever, uh, it, it, it's just a token. It's it's just a demonstration. It's just a, 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 a football players united showing their power, showing their their reach before before a game. And if if they if they stop doing that um two months ago and then what they did yesterday uh for the before <clears> the <Birmingham throat> game which was just a half-hearted kind of gathering behind a board um i, I could i was, I was just, so imba- i was so embarrassed you
4: know, I, I mean i just
5: oh I mate mean, it's, 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 it's it's just it's just embarrassing it's embarrassing it really is embarrassing mr t
7: yeah i this this going on the knee i don't know why they stopped it um But was it unanimous? It doesn't seem that way. It just seems, you're right, after that game, things got disjointed and I I go back to the Tony, you know, he doesn't seem to be that passionate on the pitch anymore. It may be nothing, it may be reading a lot into this, but it did coincide with that and it does make you wonder and there was no real reason to say we're not going to take the knee. As you said, as as Lainey said, it takes two seconds. You know, you do it. Everybody else is doing it. There's not many clubs that are not. The international side, you know, some of them did and some of them pointed to the respect. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, it just seems to be we're not a unit anymore. And it may have been that. And, you know, and you're right, the form started to to tip then. So it just just makes you wonder. You you never know. But, you know, I think you're partly right.
6: Rule like i think with ivan tony he was quite put out as being like it was uh he was leading uh the fact that things weren't changing and and i want to call him out a little bit really because um uh if he led that and and it was unanimous you know i am all i'm behind him 100 percent bill you know where i stand on this subject is uh, nick called me out today a little bit said i was copying out but um if if he if he led that and and the the rest of the squad were behind him, we've got to accept that the rest of the squad were behind him and not kind of come up with some conspiracy theory unless we've got some fact that there you know that there is not unity behind that. But what he was saying is that nothing is getting done about it by the authorities. Well, there's three main areas where this is happening. It's happening on the Twitter sphere. Um, and Bill, I know you use Twitter a lot. I don't use it that much, but. You know, there's 720 million people in Europe. A lot of them are racist. A lot of them are racist, you know, and they're betting on games all across Asia and all across even America. There's betting on games. And there's a lot of racists in these places. You know, there's there's 9 billion people on this planet and quite a lot of them are using Twitter. And Tom has come out and said it after the Hullsworth game. That he's going into the dressing room after he's done his press conferences and he's finding players on their mobile phones when he's about to do a debrief on their mobile phones, checking social media. And he's thinking about whether or not he should ban mobile phones in the dressing room before and after games for a certain period of time. And what happened yesterday, Sky were reporting about those remarks before quarter past ten. And the game finished at five five to nine, so less than ninety minutes after the game finished, Sky were reporting that Brentford had come out in support of Ivan Tony, who had been on Twitter within ninety minutes of the end of the game, and the shower, yeah, had been on Twitter, had seen the remarks from the guy who, whose English was pretty shit, which means he's probably not English or British or living in this on these islands. Yeah, he's been banned today by, by Facebook and Twitter, uh, regardless of where he's from, and rightly so. But he's been on Twitter within 90 minutes of the, one of the most turgid home performances I've seen. And, and that to me says that something is not quite right. Thomas brought the subject up, not me, about the phones before and after the game, about Twitter and stuff like that. If they want to make a stance, these players, they should follow what Thierry Henry done, they should come off Twitter. They should unite and say, do you know what? Unless you make it uh, accountable for people to go on to Twitter with their names and their addresses so that we can track them down if they put this type of thing on our on our uh, platform, then you're not going to get us using your program. We'll go back to Facebook or we'll find something else or we'll start a new program. The girl that started Tinder, believe it or not, got... got buggered off by the two brothers that she went into business with. She started another company in America and she's a multi-billionaire at 28 because she she said, I'm not going to do Tinder, I'm going to do something else. I don't know what it's called, not on either. Uh, as you can see, very lonely here in Leicestershire. Um, but if the players want to do something, just come off social media. If Thomas wants to do something, stop them from using their phones within 90 minutes of games either side. Well, I agree with you Then we've talked about this quite a lot again on
4: the podcast. We talked about this on the anti-racism podcast that we did months weeks ago well, off, well a couple of months ago as well now and we said listen the players you know if, if there's one thing if they want to take a stance you know everybody all come off social media but the thing that we said to them is that because there's there's a bit of a financial incentive in it they probably don't do it and to me I'm sort of thinking listen you're in the position you could do this now but will you do it because you know you can actually make a real And it's not coming off it for 24 hours, because sometimes they do that. We're coming off social media for 24 hours. That's no big deal. If all of them said, tell you something, we're all coming off and listen, everybody from Ian Wright all the way down all came off it. Trust me, people actually start making a difference.
7: Mr. T. It's just uh, obviously the idiot that put remarks like this, remarks like that. I just think the news blows it up, which it should do. But if they took the other stance in doing it quietly, getting rid of these people because, you know, racism sparks racism. You know, you're hearing more and more and more about all these players getting abused, which is totally, totally out of order and has to be stopped. I, I totally agree with you about, Cronzy um, about putting the names and address and clarifying your names and address if you're on Twitter, Facebook. Too many people hide behind names that they're not. You know, we need to damp it down but I think the media media helps, but don't help. You know, we, we need to make a stand and say, we're not having this. You're writing saying about players coming off of Twitter, coming off of Facebook, saying, look, we're going to do this. We're going to make a stand, all of us. But also just get rid of these races quietly because, you know, people are like, they'll see someone's upset, someone and think, well, I can do that. You know, I'll go and grab a go at so-and-so. And it it's not not right in any form at all. And I just think we should make a stance of just getting rid of these people you know, and not publicizing it too much. And you know racism, yes, publicize that, but not the people who are doing it. get them out.
4: Listen indeed listen we need to sort of wrap this one up because this one has gone on and on and I've really really enjoyed it I just want to say just quickly and I know the allied wanted to come in on this as well and you can do after I've asked this question on a little bit of a one because we need to just come out of this this end of the season I want to know how we're thinking this is going to end up because Dave mentioned playoffs may not even happen for us what do we need to do to finish this season off to either get, just get, make sure we're in the playoffs or actually finish off so that we actually win these playoffs. Because this to me is the most important thing. Anybody, any takers on that one?
5: Um, I think we need to start supporting our football club again. And um, I, th- I think a lot of people have forgotten how to do that, um, including you, Dave. I think, uh, without calling anyone out massively, I just think that uh, we miss being there. I think the fans could play a massive part in getting us over the line this season. Maybe it, maybe it will be at Wembley. Um some people call call me happy clappy at the moment for for thinking that Brentford Football Club can be promoted. Um being happy where I am, being uh, massively grateful that I am in the championship after millions of years in the third and fourth divisions uh, I get I get it that the, uh, the, the stakes have been raised but I just think in the circumstances with this ridiculous pandemic and this unprecedented season we are doing an incredible job still massive mistakes but loads to play for and I want to get behind the team and I want to get behind the manager we can have inquests in the summer but I think, I think we can go up still.
4: Yeah,
1: lad. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that the third place is the problem. I think if we were in our current position and we'd won our last four games and, and got to where we were, exactly where we are in the league, we'd all be like bounding at the moment. We'd be saying, oh, we could catch Watford. or oh, And if we don't, we're going to be looking good in the playoffs. So, you know, I think we have to, what we have to is try and get that Thought into the players' heads and into everybody's heads that actually, you know, we're in third place and we still have an opportunity. Um, it doesn't feel great because of the four draws rather than having four wins, but we could be in the same position and be all over this and thinking this was really exciting. Um, I, it, it just needs a, it, it it needs something to switch. It needs something to change. It might have to be like we've talked about some sort of personnel change. Um, but I, if it does happen, you'll know it's happening without a doubt. Dave the links be
7: yeah totally agree with that um i think it would have been a different story if we had fans in the stadium we're, we've still got a chance to them we're going to be in the playoffs anything can happen we have to change our luck in that somehow and we just need positivity and to get us through and i i, I believe we can do that definitely
2: i think if we're going to get into the playoffs, we're going to have to win at least three games. We're going to have to get at least nine points more than we've got now. And that might not be enough. I think it will be. Um, But if I look at the seven games, Billy, I'm just trying to be pragmatic. So, you know, I hear what Dave's saying. I don't agree with him. Clearly. Um, I'm frustrated with the things, a lot of the things we've talked about on this podcast. And if we don't change, the way we're playing at the moment, and we continue to play with the same formation and with the same tactics, I can't see us getting three wins. Because if you look at the games, in my opinion, you're going to have to you're going to have to beat Preston, Rotherham, and Bristol City on the last game of the season. Because I don't like the look of the other four with the way we're playing.
6: Royal out like B, we'll get results against Millwall and Cardiff at home. Um, for sure, I think we get to the playoffs. I think we've got to bring Tom, somebody into Thomas Frank, and I think we've got to get him to change his ways and the system. He can't change the players. I, I think because of the financial implications, and I understand where Matt and David would come from, thinking that the best time to do this is at the end of the season. But genuinely, I, the people that know will know. Because of the financial implications of not getting up this year, I think we're going to bring somebody in to help Thomas in the next Seven to ten days if we don't if we don 't do it beforehand because at this moment in time, I cannot see him being our manager next season okay,
4: and for me i mean I, I mean I think we're going to get the players and i 'm not being uh, i 'm not resting on laurels or anything like that, but I think that we are the players, but i'm also worried about the form. As we go into the playoffs, because we definitely need to turn it around, and you know, there's not a lot to do with that. But obviously, the the one thing I'm going to put a little bit of a positive spin on this as well, because everyone's really disappointed we've, we've drawn these four games. But one thing I will say is, we, at least we're not losing. I right? am saying, and if we're not losing, right, we, you know, we get into the playoffs, and we're not losing, then we we're still in the playoffs. Right? I'm saying, even if it does like go to Fulham finals. Last year, so I think, yeah, okay, but listen, but Fulham was no, last, like, year, like and Fulham last year. This is this year, okay? They were they were in the same yeah, kind of form. You know what I'm saying? in the run-up as we are now that's right so what i'm just saying to you that's the positivity and that's one of the things that thomas had to do is to stop us from losing so listen if we crawl over the line and we get into the playoffs and we win on penalties hey here you go but anyway listen this has been the besotted pride of west london podcast it's been a really interesting podcast a real mixed bunch of characters here as we got here as well like i said to you i'm just going to go around the houses and just say a big thank you to everybody in the house laney lane good evening Yes, and we also got Mr. T.
1: Loved it, loved it.
4: And we got the Allard.
1: Thanks everyone for contributing.
4: We got Mr. the Royal Oak B. Thanks for having me again. It's been emotional. And we got the Lynx B.
1: Glad to be here.
4: And listen, I'm Billy the B in the house here. And listen, this has been a great podcast. Listen, we've got all we've got to win all the games and we get to the players, and if we get the players and we win that, then get to the penalties and we get the Wembley. Then we can be in Wembley with the players. as we say.
1: Oh, Come on, you bees.
7: you you
5: where, where is Roy Keenan
0: at the moment? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery.